Welcome to another great edition of Strong Style. That is Impact Media's weekly dive into mixed martial arts, pro wrestling, and combat sports in general. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. Welcome in. My goodness, I planned to do this show so many times this week. I really did. Things happen. I was even going to do it last night, and then I got home. Alerts on my phone were going off, and I realized it's because the PFL is on. Glanced at my calendar, it says, yep, the PFL is on. So I jumped on, watched the PFL. I was not disappointed. Hopefully you guys did too. Before I jump into the PFL, because I am being looked at weird, or not really weird, but I'm being looked at and waved at by my producer, Sassy, tonight who is telling me that I need to inform you that if you want to leave a question, comment, suggestion, review of the show anywhere you get a podcast or anywhere that you get this podcast or audio on-demand audio show, please do so. If you would like to follow the show, at Team Impact Media on Twitter, we'll get all three of the shows. Uh, here lately, we've mainly been doing this one, but... All three of the shows will be on there at the Impact 99 at practically any other social media venture, including Twitter. I was live tweeting the PFL main card last night. I plan to do so next Thursday as well, which will be at the tail end of the NFL draft. So it should be fun. I will be live tweeting the PFL and I will be live tweeting the NFL draft at the same time. I will be pretty busy, but I love interacting with you guys with things like that. And it seems like you guys had fun with it too. I love live tweeting events. I really do. It's one of the, it's one of my favorite things to do on Twitter. It really is. A lot of people say Twitter is all just negative trolls and this and that. No, there's a lot of positivity on it. Uh, talking MMA, talking PFL last night was fantastic. Uh, you know, we had some uh, Atlanta United stuff going on there as well. That was fun. But uh, another show on that. And uh, did, I, did I miss anything? No. I told you all about the show. I told you how you can... Follow it, leave questions, comments, suggestions, reviews. Please do that. It helps the little schematic thingamajiggies, which allows us to bring you great content and uh, not charge for it. Because, hey, I don't want to charge you guys for this. I don't want to charge you guys for content. I want you guys to be able to willy-nilly free listen to our content. But, you know, when we get some big-time sponsors on here... uh, We'll need you guys to go check out their stuff. And also, as of now, go help the uh, little schematic thingamajigger things by uh, reposting the show, sharing, telling your friends, downloading the show multiple ways, just whatever you got to do. When you help my numbers, or help our numbers, rather, I can continue to bring you free, cool stuff. And we're working on getting some guests that I think you guys are going to like. But... Let's get into the show. Tonight's show I have already titled Bang, Boom, Pow. It is uh, better than a Batman TV show fight. 
the PFL last night did not fail to impress. It was spectacular. How spectacular was it? Well, let's get into it. Now, the way they do it is they have six divisions. And they have uh, six weeks of events. Every fighter will fight twice. The way they divide it up is like week one, it was the lightweight and the light heavyweight divisions. It was the feather and heavyweight divisions, or it'll be the featherweight and the heavyweight divisions in week two, and the week three will be the last two. Everybody fights. There's ten fights. Everybody fights. You get points based on uh, wins and how you win. We'll get into the standings uh, here in a minute. But I'm going to talk about the main card, and I'm going to tell you about a couple of the other cool fights that I really liked. PFL, week one. Let's talk about the main event. Why? Because if you follow the PFL or have at any point, you will know who one guy is. And if you are a MMA fan in general, especially UFC, you will know who the other guy is. The main event in the the main event, Clay Collard, who is the the PFL, uh, he's he's one of the flag bearers for sure. He is a guy that you may not have heard of unless you watch PFL. But he's one of those guys, if you do watch PFL, you realize he is one of the best. Clay Collard, he took on MMA veteran. And honestly, you know, see, he had 29 fights coming into this. And his opponent had 27, or 47, rather. And his opponent was Jeremy Stevens. Big fan of his. You know, I'm a fan of, I like Clay, too. Big fan of anybody named Jeremy who's doing some good things in the world, uh, they didn't disappoint. They, these two, for three rounds, threw everything they could. They're, they were, it was rock'em, sock'em robots. It, uh, now, the only main difference was that uh, Clay Collard was a little more effective, and it was about a two-to-one ratio on his on his strikes to Jeremy Stevens. But if I'm not mistaken, I think Collard threw about 250 strikes. They landed about the same as far as uh, hand stri- uh, strikes in general. I think it well, wasn't just hand strikes, through strikes in general. Uh, Jeremy Stevens threw about 150. They, uh, like I said, they connected with about the same amount, but Clay was, was doing way more damage. Uh, he, uh, he, was, he was keeping it to where uh, Stevens couldn't get more than a couple shots in in one general direction, and then he was, and then Clay was already in a different direction. Uh, Clay Collard, impressive. He probably wanted to finish to to look better in week one, but um, but uh, this this fight, man, was just it's what a main event should be. Uh, it's it's what you want. It's them going the distance and that kind of thing. Now, it's the part I was going to get into a while ago and got sidetracked tends to happen. My apologies. In the PFL, everybody gets two fights in the what they call the regular season. Like I said, it's split up into a three-week session and a three-week session. Now, I told you how it was split up before. So, 
Uh, obviously, Collard and Stevens will still have another fight uh, later on. And just because you lose doesn't necessarily mean you're out of it. There's all kinds of crazy tiebreakers and other ways you can get get in. And, uh, I mean, if Stevens has a, a dominant finish victory in his next uh, contest, which will be week one here in, in Atlanta when they kick those off, then uh, he could jump right, right back up in the front. But you get the two fights. Based off the amount of points you score, and like I said, you score points for winning, first of all, and how you win, which it's kind of like getting bonus points. You know, like first-round knockout or, or uh, uh, amazing submission, you might get five or six points, depending on what it is. Kind of things happen. But the top four point-getters in each division make it to the bracket final. Where first place fourth or fights fourth, second faces third. The winners of those go to the finale, where the winner of that not only gets uh, an amazing new shiny uh, title to say that they are the best in their weight division, which is which is an amazing prize all to its own, all to its own. But you also get a million dollars. So during the finale. They're going to basically hand out $6 million in cash prizes. Well, more than that if you count the, the, the belts. But uh, just cash alone, that's $6 million getting handed out to these guys and girls. It's, it's, uh, it's, I like the format. For, the, for Bellator UFC to adopt it, it, it would obviously be a little bit longer than just a couple fights. But they could do it. They could split up into sessions where um, everybody fights. Twice every three or four months. But they've got so many people is their problem. PFL keeps it to uh, a good amount where all they have to do is uh, is line up their people. If there's injuries, there are there are um, people on standby waiting to go. Or people can't make it for different reasons. But uh, PFL, man, I, I really like what they do. But let's go to the, uh, the rest of the main card here. You had, uh, I think it's Rush. Uh, Monfio over Don Madge. This was fun. Midway through round number three, Monfio, he even said later, he, he agreed with the uh, interviewer when the interviewer said, hey, did you know that uh, we saw the judges' scorecards and, and you pretty much were down two rounds going into round number three. Did you know you needed a finish? And he said, yeah, I pretty much knew that that I was trying to be careful and Don Madge was just keeping me off off uh off my my lines and uh he gets one all right. Monfio catches Madge and then uh jumps on top with uh punches. He gets the KO with the punches. It was basically a stoppage with punches, but either way, great showing for Monfio. That dude, he's between him and Collard, they've got to be the favorites going forward already. quick uh, coffee break there. And since these are friends of the show where I get this coffee, I will tell you what it is. It is the buttered udder. I'm also looking forward to some uh, tiramisu flavored ice cream later on after this show goes off. You guys should go see the buttered udder in Bremen and downtown Carrollton. Tell them the impact sent you. They don't know who that is. Tell them. 
I'm sure they will. Mike, Mike, and Mike and uh, crew will know who that is. Uh, but that was just—I mean—that could have been a main event on any platform. Either one of those, even though it was the—it was the main and the, and the co-main. Th- those are those are a one plus fights, and and they closed out the night in uh, the best way. Uh, not to be outdone. You had Antonio Carlos Jr. and Delon Monte. Carlos Jr. gets the submission with the incredible, incredible darts choke. Now, what a darts choke is, is uh, since this is an MMA and pro wrestling show, if, uh, let's see, think of the Randy Orton RKO is the best example but uh, Diamond Dallas Page's Diamond Cutter, a cutter in general. Uh, the one Kevin Owens does is similar. The one Stone Cold does is similar. You guys kind of get the Ace Crusher. You kind of, it's kind of like if you are, if you stand in front of somebody, like if you're in a line and you reach back with both your hands over your right shoulder and kind of grab and crank the neck of the person behind you. And then there's a little bit of a twist and a choke in there. That's pretty much what Antonio Carlos Jr. did to uh, make uh, Delon Monte tap out. It was just insane. Just because it was a pretty good fight up until then. They were just trading, they were trading blows back and forth, and then all of a sudden, just bang! He slapped that choke on. It was over. Monte had nowhere to go and nothing he could do about it. It was just holy cow. What a, uh, it's, I think I said, uh, when I was live tweeting that, I was like, John McCarthy is smiling real big because he loves those, those, uh, crazy jokes that nobody else is doing. And that was one for sure. Uh, Olivier Aubin Mercier got the split decision win over, uh, uh, Natan Schulte. I hope I'm saying that right. I thought that's what I heard the announcer say. But uh, this is a good fight. Now, I'm not just saying that because it was on the card, because that bugs me, too. When you, you hear something, everybody just says that everything's great. I'll let you know if something sucks, or if it was just, eh, it's kind of not, eh, it's okay. No, this was a good fight. The fact that it went split decision, I agree with that. It, it could have it went either way. Both uh, Schulte and Albert Mercier were trading some pretty good shots. Uh, throughout the fight, uh, I, I do think I do think Alvin Mercier should have won the fight as he did. So you know that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm just going to breeze over some of these other ones. You have you have Emiliano Sordi, who uh, or better yet, Corey Hendricks, who had the TKO with punches over Emiliano Sordi. You had Alexander Martinez with unanimous decision over Stevie Ray. Nope, not that Stevie Ray. This is the fighter Stevie Ray. Uh, uh, Martin Hamlet got the unanimous decision over Theodorus Arxtulis. Arxtulis. Uh Mari Akhmadov got the KO over Victor Pesta. Had Robert Wilkinson with the TKO due to punches over Bruce Salto. 
and you have Simeon Powell with the KO with the uh, the brilliant, brilliant knee. And I'm saying it that way because uh, he's uh, from the United Kingdom, I believe. But uh, uh, Simeon Powell over Clinton Williams, just fantastic. So let's stay, let's stay on the PFL. Let's do something a little different. Let's do another thing a little different. Next week's week number two. Like I said, it is going to be on Thursday night. I believe it starts at nine. It may start at I think it starts. I think it's nine to eleven on ESPN two is what the main card will be on. If you want to watch the uh, rest of the card, it I believe is on ESPN plus. Now you can watch the whole thing on ESPN ESPN plus if you want, if you are so inclined. But uh, the main card will be on ESPN2. But if you're already watching the draft, I understand. Like I said, I'll be watching the draft on one screen. I will have the PFL with the volume turned up on the other. Uh, here are the 10 fights that are scheduled for next week. Next week, remember, is the featherweights and the heavyweights. It's going to open up with Alejandro Flores versus Saba Balagi. We're going to get Boston... Salmon versus Shimon Moraes. We're going to get Ali Iziev versus Klitson Abreu. We're going to get Dennis Goltsov and Sam Kai. Bubba Jenkins is going to be fighting. He's fun. You guys like characters, Bubba Jenkins. He's a character, man. He's fun. He's going to take on Kyle Boxniak. We've got uh, Anti Delea versus uh, Matias Scheifel. Ryoji Kudo against Brendan Logdane. We're going to get Renan Ferreira versus Jamil Jones. Or Jamel. Is it Jamel or Jamel? I think it's Jamel Jones. Lance Palmer versus Chris Wade is the co-main event and your main event. Bruce Cabaloza versus Stuart Austin. That's gonna be that's gonna be a slugfest. Definitely gonna be a slugfest. But PFL, man, I'm, I'm telling you, it's everybody. A lot of people know UFC. Some people know Bellator. You guys that haven't heard of PFL. You're, you're not paying attention. They are going strong. This is their fourth season. I know I've been keeping up for the last couple seasons. They uh, they got a good partnership going with ESPN. Like I said, in weeks four through six, which will be the I think third, fourth, or no, second, third, and fourth. That doesn't make sense either. It's going to be the uh, the last three. Fridays in June are the ones that are here in Atlanta, and they don't have ticket information yet, but as soon as they do, I will pass it along to you guys because I plan to try to go myself. So, let's go. Let's talk about UFC. UFC Fight Night from last weekend. We're going to start with the main event. Vicente Luque versus Bilal Muhammad. Luque was doing good. Luke looked really good in this, uh, but Muhammad was just uh, his stand-up was was uh, a lot better than we've seen recently. It was a lot better, and uh, towards the end of the fight, it seemed like Bilal was really in control of what was going on, and 
and Muhammad ends up with the unanimous decision win. I had no problems with it. Some people did. I don't. I, I thought very much that that it uh, it ended how it needed to. Now we're going to get into some controversial stuff that happened on this fight card. It's kind of controversial. I don't think it was, but people are talking about it. In the co-main event, you get uh, Chow Barallo, who got the unanimous decision win over Gazi Omar Gaziev. And here's one of those fights I was talking about. Unanimous decision win. This thing didn't go the distance. There was uh, what was deemed unintentional illegal strike you know those can those can uh, those can be anything from uh, accidental eye pokes to uh, to uh, punches or kicks to not so nice areas uh, that are that are de- that they're illegal strikes but at the same time if they if the referee deems it that it was not intentional it was an incidental thing it just uh, you know you're trying to punch or kick one Spot the guy moves and you hit that uh, that that's not so nice spot. It is what it is. So in this case, the referee did what I think he should do, and he said, uh, you know, the uh, uh, Godzi cannot continue. Doctor would not let it continue. So we are going to, it goes to the judges. It stops right there and it goes to the judges and the judges decided that uh, Chow Barallo won. That one was not as controversial as one we will get to here in a minute, but we will get to that in a minute. Because we had uh, Andre Fialo who got the TKO victory over Miguel Beza towards the end of round number one, just as the show is called, bang, boom, pow. Done. Uh, Myra Bueno Silva with the United decision win over Wu Yunnan. At no point did Buena Silva look like she was in trouble in this fight. There were some good shots from Wu Yunnan, but Buena Silva, she was controlling this fight and got the good victory. Let's see. And then the last fight on the main card was Pat Sabatini, who gets the unanimous decision over TJ Laramie. There were fireworks, but a lot of decisions. Um, now, let me find the other fight that was... Where's the... Uh, big wins by Devin Clark with a KO and uh, Dracar Closa. Good to see Closa back in there and, and get some things done. Uh, Rafa Garcia with a good submission. Where is... Here we go. Yet, uh, Martin Boudet got the unanimous decision win over Chris Barnett. A minute 38 into round number three. So once again, this was one of those strikes... I believe, was this the knee to the head, or was this? I don't remember. But either way, once again, I think the referee made the right choice. He deemed that it was an unintentional strike. It was not meant 
to it was definitely not on purpose so it goes to the judges that's the right call I, I don't need to listen to John McCarthy tell me it's the right call who you should believe him if he says that I, I shouldn't have to listen to any of the uh, you know Ariel Hawani or, or or even if Scott Coker who is uh, the big guy in charge of of Bellator or Dana White you know any of these I did it's the right move. It's the right thing. In the rule book, that's what happens. That's what you're supposed to do. So I, I think they, they made the right choice. But uh, fight night, Luke K versus Muhammad 2, good fight. And I think it kind of settles things because a lot of people had Luke right above Muhammad in the rankings as far as uh, next leg up, next big challenger. I think Muhammad's showing everybody he's the next challenger. So that leaves us to UFC Fight Night for this weekend, which will be on Saturday. I think the whole thing is on ESPN+. Plus. ESPN+, Plus, boy, I am uh, getting my money's worth this week from them. Main event, Amanda Lemos versus Jessica Andrade, women's strawweight. Looks like Jessica Andrade is the slight favorite. I'm taking Amanda Lemos. I think these two are going to, they're, they're going to, they're going to go. They're gonna go at each other, and uh, it's gonna be really good. It's gonna it's main event quality for sure. I'm gonna take Lemos. Just in a, it's almost a coin flip to me. But I just I feel like her striking is gonna come out, and uh, and she's gonna look to try to uh, not let this go the distance. Although it could, if it goes the distance, all bets are off. In the co-main event, we get Captain Caveman, as I call him, Clay Guida, who is. Uh, this is like a pickle. Because they're both minus 110. Clay Guida is going to take on Claudio Puelles in the lightweight division. Let's see, he has 55. Clay Guida has 55 fight professional fights versus 14 for Claudio. I'm obviously taking Clay Guida, uh, Captain Caveman. I, how can he just not like that guy? He's going to go out, and even even when he's losing a fight, he just keeps throwing. He just keeps throwing, and, and I don't know that Claudio can keep up with the amount. It's not even the pace. It's the, the volume of uh, strikes Clay's going to throw out there, and I think uh, I think Clay Guida is going to win. We get Macy Barber versus Montana De La Rosa. Macy is the slight favorite. Uh that thing is right. It's like, yeah, it's about right. About 60-40. Women's flyweight division. I'm taking Macy Barber in that one. I think you should as well. Um, I just think she's on a, a bigger a bigger swing right now. She's got better momentum. Let's see. The last two matches to round out the, the uh, main card. Alexander Romanov is going to take on Chase Sherman. I don't know how they make this fight. You've got 15, 9, and 0 for Chase Sherman. You've got 15, 0, and 0 for Alexander Romanov in the heavyweight division. I, it doesn't matter what division. You could put the in the bantamweight division. Uh, Romanov is a minus 1,400 favorite. That means, unless my math is, is not correct, you would have to... You would have to basically 
bet $140 to make 10 on this fight. You have to put up, yeah, I think that's right. So in order to make $100, you would have to put 1400 up. Yeah. I'm going to take Romanov in that one. Just going out on a limb there. I'm not saying Chase Sherman couldn't couldn't pull off the uh, major upset, but I, wow. I, I guess they're just running out of people for Romanov to face. That, uh, that means to me that you need to move him up. And then to round out the main card, Lando Venata versus Charles Jordan. The featherweight division. I like Jordan in this one. He's the slight favorite. Uh, and it's just minus 125 to plus 105. It's really close. But uh, I, I'll take Charles Jordan in that one. Other notable fights on the card. Tyson Pedro versus Ike Villanueva in the light heavyweight division. That should be pretty fun. Uh, even though Tyson's a big favorite, uh, I, I can throw. I can throw. I, he's got a chance. Um, Preston Parsons and Evan Elder. Evan Elder being undefeated, even though Preston Parsons is a slight favorite. Uh, I think Elder's going to continue to be. He's going to he's going to be eight zero after this. And uh, I believe to open up the card, Dean Barry is going to take on Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson in the second professional fight. Dean Barry, this is his fifth, but he is 4-1-0. and He is a minus 1,100 favorite. That's almost as big as Romanov. Um, nothing personal Dean Barry. I'd love to see him continue to do well, but uh, go Mike Jackson, right? Go Mike Jackson. So that leads us. That leads us. To Bellator. Bellator had an event on Friday. What event did they have? Oh, they had AJ McKee versus Patricio Pitbull 2. This had as many fireworks as the first one did, where AJ McKee uh, got the victory in that one. I'm just going to talk about the main card. What happened in this one? How about Patricio Pitbull gets his title back and gives A.J. McKee his first loss? This thing went to the judge's decision. I agree. It was, gosh, it was 55-45. It's 60-40. Patricio, Patricio, man possessed. He looked very ticked off that um, he lost his belt before. And uh, he wasn't mad at A.J. McKee. He was mad at himself. So he come back in this, and he made sure... He made sure that uh, that was going to, you know, that he was taking it back. Which means at some point we're going to get a third fight between these two. I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. But Patricio Pitbull, he is your new featherweight champion. Remember, I told you to take Patricio Pitbull in this, so I hope you listened. I did pretty good in my pick fight. Uh, let's see, in my fight picks. I think UFC, I was 9-5, and five and I was, I got two-thirds of the Bellator ones as well. We supported the app. Uh, 
Vadim Nemkov took on Corey Anderson in the light for the light heavyweight world title. This was the end of the uh, Grand Prix, and Vadim Nemkov keeps his belt because it was ruled a no contest. There's rule no contest. So these two are going to have to get together. They're going to have to fight again. It, uh, weird things happen sometimes, you know. Weird things happen. Uh, but he keeps his belt for now. But these two are going to fight again. I would say give it about three or four months and they will fight again. We've got to have a resolution to this. Uh, Aaron Pico with a TKO victory over Adley Edwards. Don't do take Pico. I'll go back and check the tape on that. Um, one I know I missed. Uh, Linton Vassell ended up with the TKO of Tim Johnson. I thought Tim Johnson was going to win that, and I well, guess I was wrong. But uh, Bellator man, it's you know, EFL brought it this week. Bellator, insane event. Just talked about the UFC. The UFC is always going to bring it. And unless I, uh, yeah, I am not mistaken. Bellator is going to hit you Friday and Saturday night. They are out in Hawaii for a two-night event. This Friday, how about Juliana Velasquez, who is the women's flyweight champion? She's going to take on Liz Carmouche. That's that's just a incredible fight. Um, I think Velasquez is going to hang on to it. She's going to go to 13-0. and 0, But I, you don't discount Liz. We know Liz has a chance. And Liz has probably more than a chance. In fact, I need to do my picks for these. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Velasquez with a, you know, I'll, I'll do these picks later. But uh, I'm gonna say Velasquez. We got Enrique Barzola. We're gonna take on Nikita Mikhailov in a contract weight fight at 140 pounds. That usually means somebody couldn't quite make weight or this is just a special grudge match type thing. Um, I think Nikita Mikhailov is going to probably win this fight. This uh, could be good. But I'm going to take Mikhailov. I'm going to take uh, the Russian over the uh, Peruvian in Enrique. Could be good. Jornel Lugo is going to take on Danny Sabatello in the Bantamweight World Grand Prix, which is kicking off. Lugo is the heavy favorite. Sabatello is pretty good, but uh, take Lugo. Do yourself a favor. Take Lugo. Um, Grant Neal versus Christian Edwards. If I'm not mistaken. Isn't Christian Edwards, Leon Edwards' little brother? That sounds right. But either way, Grant Neal versus Christian Edwards. I will take Christian Edwards. Um, wasn't there, wasn't there another? That's all main card. There was another fight that I wanted to talk about. Curious featherweight fight. Weber Almeida is taking on Fabricio Franco. These two featherweights, they are going to throw down. 
I know Almeida is the heavy favorite, but I just feel like Fabricio, it's it's not his due. I hate that because it has nothing to do with sports. You could say, oh, I've succeeded 99 times so far, so I'm due for a failure. Not necessarily. Maybe you're going to succeed 100 times. You don't know that. Or, well, I've failed 99 times. I'm due for a win. No, it doesn't work that way. Want to know how I know? Go buy, I've, I've never done this, but I know people who have. Go buy an entire roll of lottery tickets. Let's say there's 50 tickets in there. You'd think, well, gosh, even if I paid a dollar per ticket, if I paid $50, I should win at least $50 back. Not necessarily. You could lose $50. You may win $50 million. Also, has nothing to do with it. it. In these sort of cases, it's not who's due for what. It's who is the better fighter at that time. That's the way this goes. That's why I say Fabricio Franco, I'm picking him to win this. Now, that's Friday night. On Saturday night, how about we get Cyborg versus Blinko 2? Yep. Chris Cyborg, who is the women's featherweight champion, is going to take on Arlene Blinko. These two have fought before. Of course, Cyborg got the better of her, but Blinko, she's looking to avenge that loss. She's looking to not only do that, but snatch the title off of uh, Cyborg. Now, there is there, people are, are, I don't know if it was somebody in the PFL or somebody representing the PFL. I'm not sure who threw this out. I'm still researching it myself. But somebody, it could have even been a fan of the PFL, but somebody... around the PFL throughout the co-brand challenge, so to say, in the same way that everybody outside the WWE right now is uh, opening the supposed forbidden door where you can take two companies and kind of blend talent together sometimes for, for ultimate matches. And somebody said, why not the PFL's Kayla Harrison versus... Bellator's Chris Cyborg in a uh, special cross-promotion thing. I know Scott Coker made some sort of comment on it. I have not seen what he said, but here's my take on that. Here's the two sides. On one side, you look and you go, if you are the PFL, yeah, it looks nice to challenge uh, a, a bigger organization and their, and their champion like that. But if Cyborg wins, and wins convincingly even, then uh, it, it makes it look like there's a giant gap in the talent level of Bellator and PFL, which is really not. It's pretty close. Depending on which division, which fighters we're talking, it's, it's one's on top or the other. Let's look at it from the other perspective. If you are, you know, same thing with... Same thing with uh, Bellator. Do you really want to do this if you're Bellator? Because what if Cyborg, who has been running through the featherweight division, what if Chris Cyborg loses to Kayla Harris? And then now the PFL can go, oh, well, one of our champs just beats your champ. We must be better, which is the natural reaction, right? Yeah. But then there's the plus side of this. If you get all the PFL fans, and then you get all the Bellator fans, and there are some that are both. I'm, I'm a fan of both. 
a lot of you guys are probably a fan of both, but you get both audiences together at once, and it helps everybody because then sometimes a combined effort starts to rival the numbers of the UFC and others. And since the UFC will probably never take a, a deal like this, or they'd have to consider at this point, I guess, if it does well, then other promotions will start to say, well, wait a minute, we should all do that. We could all band together and have these super shows and have these uh, super, you know, one-time only champs or have, uh, you know, here's the, uh, we'll have our own individual titles, but we'll have like a, a world league. I mean, you could do that. So let's, let's see what happens with it. It's, it's both sides of it. I, I honestly think it's not going to happen, but we shall see. Um, I'll be honest, I'm taking Cyborg in that fight. She seems determined to just run through the entire division. And she may do that. This is the fight I'm excited for, though. Juan Archuleta in the Bantamweight World Grand Prix is going to take on Raphion Stocks. I'm a big Raphion Stocks fan. I have nothing against Archuleta. Archuleta is a great I'm a fan of his, too. I'm a bigger fan of Stocks than I am Archuleta. has nothing to do with either of them. Except for I'm just, just a big fan of Raphion, who will occasionally listen to the show. Maybe Juan does too, but uh, I think Raphion starts instead of calling after his last victory. Instead of calling for a a title shot, he said, "Let's do a Grand Prix." So here's round number one, and Raphion, you you put up or shut up here. Put up or go home. A win or go home type thing. You uh, you called for this. You got your tournament. Now now go win the thing. Um, I think Raphion is going to win, and it's it's man, it's going to be a fun fight. Those two know what they're doing there, top of their game, and it is a lot more even than uh, than people realize. Uh, Justine Kish is going to take on Elima Lay McFarland. The women's flyweight. That's going to be fun. You got Patchy Mix as part of the Bantamweight World Grand Prix. is going to take on Kyoji Horiguchi. Patchy's fun. You want to talk about another character. Patchy is, is really fun. If he can stay focused, then he should be able to take care of Kyoji. But Kyoji's going to be looking to take him out too because uh, this is a single elimination tournament. I'm still taking Patchy. But uh, let's see. There was uh, That's the main card. There was something on the prelims. That stuck out. Let's see. No, it's not that one. Um, it was. Oh, opening fight. Jordan uh, Winsky versus Ryan De La Cruz. A lot of people think Winsky should uh, take this one pretty easy. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. I think De La Cruz has as much chance as uh, anybody, but uh, that's we're, we're done with the fighting part. Now we're gonna <laughs> let's go through the. Uh, let's see. I told you about. Okay, we're done with fighting. Now let's go to wrestling. Now I'm just going to talk about the big highlights from all the major shows. Let's start with Monday Night Raw, which of course is WWE. 
Uh, we get Jerry the King Lawler in the booth because Corey Graves was on his honeymoon. I believe King was back this week as well. Always good to see Jerry Lawler out and about. Uh, he is uh, a gentleman, a scholar, and a legend, just a life legend, let alone in the ring. Uh, Miz TV, we had Cody come out, so they gave us Cody versus Miz later. That's two of the best currently uh, on the planet as far as uh, overall mechanics in the ring, and uh, it's it, fantastic. Uh, we had AJ versus Damian Priest, and then towards the right before a commercial break, uh, the lights start going weird. Um, I, I think it's going to have to do with Priest and and Edge doing that whole new brood thing and all that. But uh, it just uh, they went weird, and I think Priest disappeared. So it just had a weird ending. Not sure what that was, but uh, like I said, we did get Miz versus Cody. Fantastic match, uh, Seth. Suck his nose at it as well. He's not done with Cody, which is going to be a lot of fun. That's Cody Rhodes, of course. Um, the other good thing, this looks like Kevin Owens and Ezekiel, who is the younger brother of Elias, which is what he tells us. We, we got to go. We got no way to prove other way, you know, one way or the other. Uh, it looks like Tommaso Ciampa is not only going to be on Raw, but uh, he's kind of it's kind of stuck in the middle of this too. So uh, that's, that's just going to lead to some, some great Ezekiel versus KO and Tommaso versus KO matches. And I'm all for it. Looks like MVP has decided to partner up with uh, Omos, which is fine. Bobby Lashley didn't really need him anyway. And uh, Omos probably needs MVP's help. So that's a good thing. much it. Let's go to NXT. Cameron Grimes took on Solo Sokoa, who continues to make references to his bloodline, which is the bloodline from SmackDown, otherwise known as Roman Reigns and the Usos. Those, I think he is the younger brother of the Usos, which makes him a cousin of Roman Reigns. I feel like that's their connection. I think that's little brother, but I'm not 100%. Either way, he looks like him, wrestles like him a lot. He's a good talent, but Cameron Grimes retains his North American Championship with the help, of course, of Trick Williams and and uh, Carmelo, who seem like they're not done with Cam and the belt. Looks like Braun Breaker and Joe Gacy are, are going to, that's going to be the new challenge for Braun, which is good. Uh, Gacy's, he's really taken on his new persona of being kind of, Slightly creepy manipulator, but uh, he's a good in-ring talent, and he's got Harlan as backup, and he's going to be a force to deal with. Uh, Braun should—I uh, feel like—I feel like Braun is going to use his dad as a way to equalize Harlan at some point. And uh, anytime you can get Rick Steiner back on TV, good for you. We had Dakota Kai challenge for the women's title belt uh, against Mandy Mandy Rose. Uh, this is a really, really good match. 
course, Mandy retains, uh, but I feel like her and Dakota Kai are still going to kind of get into it a little more. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. And and the new, we finally know who the, the British guys who were in hoods who attacked everybody, we, we finally know who they are. They are Kit Wilson and Elton Prince, otherwise known as Pretty Deadly. They're interesting. They're interesting. They, I, uh, we saw them in a match uh, a little later. A little later on, we saw them in a match. Um, they're a pretty good tag team. They, they were actually part of the uh, tag gauntlet to determine, I guess, the new number one contenders. And that included the Creed Brothers, Rigado Del Fantasma. Briggs and Jensen, Waller and Sanga, and uh, pretty deadly actually ended up with the win over the Creed Brothers, who had went through every other team up until then. I don't have a problem with that. Usually I don't like when newcomers show up and just automatically blast everybody and win, but uh, it seems like having the Creed Brothers feud with pretty deadly and also feud with the tag champs, who there isn't tag champs right now because obviously one half of them got fired for the the picture online of him, not the domestic abuse of his ex-wife, soon to be ex-wife. But they relinquished their titles, and now we will see what they do with that going forward. It seems to me that the Creed brothers are pretty deadly are going to feud for them. I, I'll be honest, I, I like the Creed brothers better. But it makes better sense if Pretty Deadly ends up with the tag belts. Makes a better chase. Let's go to SmackDown. SmackDown, we get RKO and the Usos, RK Bro, rather, and the Usos, who are battling back and forth. Of course they are, because one's the Raw Tag Champs and the other SmackDown Champs, and they're they're trying to, I, I don't think, I don't know why they're suddenly trying to unify a bunch of belts. There's, there's no reason to do that, but looks like that's what they are going to go for. It should be a pretty good match there. Riddle has has done a lot better when teaming with Randy Orton. I don't know if they, they did that as a mentor thing or just got bored and stuck the two of them together and it worked, but not a bad team. They're definitely not a bad team. Madcap Moss got a big win as he is now on his own, he's away from Corbin. Uh, I think they really, really like him. And that's why they split him. They're going to try to push him a little bit. He, he may be getting the Elias push that Elias never got. And maybe Ezekiel will get it, but uh, he got the win over Humberto Carrillo, but Angel Garza down there at ringside. I mean, they, ever since they formed Los Lotharios, all they do is job out to people anyway, but good, good win from Madcap Moss. Seems like Drew Gulak is going to do some interviewing here lately, here soon, whatever. Uh, he interviewed Charlotte. Charlotte did the normal Charlotte things, kind of being a jerk and a bully. Eventually uh, puts him in the figure eight. Just, uh, yeah, okay. Same old, same old. Uh, we got to see Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser. Again, those two are going to be a good tandem, and I like that Gunther is out front and Ludwig Kaiser is um, more or less 
the associate of him. They're not really a team. They're not really... It's not a Batman and Robin situation. That kind of is a Batman and Robin. Yeah. With Gunther being, being Batman. But uh, he's, he's going to be a force on SmackDown. He's... Uh, I look forward to seeing him versus Drew McIntyre, him versus some other people like that, him versus Sheamus. I don't know why I'm naming just European people. But uh, there, there's some good matchups waiting on Gunther, and I, and I want to see the first one he gets into. Jinder Mahal got a Intercontinental title shot or U.S. title, whichever one Ricochet has, but Ricochet ended up winning. Uh, Ricochet's been a weird champ. He's getting the title defenses, and he's he's winning, but his these matches aren't the best. And so, I, I mean, I... I Appreciate they reward him for uh, all the great things he does, but I don't know. It's just it's not even a. I mean, it wasn't even on the WrestleMania card. It was on a SmackDown card before WrestleMania. So I, I don't know how highly they think of it, and I could see a title change coming soon. Just who knows who's going to get it? Yeah, Sheamus, Rich Holland, and Butch, who were doing an interview, and then Butch disappears. Rich. Tell Seamus, hey, I, I lost him. I don't know where he went. Well, it's because Bush went and found New Day and went and jumped over a, an autograph table, and they started a, a battle between all of them. And uh, we got installment number two of Lacey Evans' story. Uh, she's got a pretty crazy, yeah, pretty inspiring story, and uh, she she was able to tell a lot of it. Uh, you know, with uh, her crazy upbringing and uh, her military time and the example she sets for her own uh, daughters. It, it's a great story. And having her back is, is definitely going to put the rest of them on notice because she was due for a big push uh, before she uh, took time off to have uh, her, her latest daughter, I believe. But that's WWE. Let's get into AEW. AEW Dynamite opens up with CM Punk versus Penta Oscuro, otherwise known as Penta El Zero Miedo, but now he is Penta Oscuro. Uh, good match. This is a good match. It's a weird, it's weird clash of styles, but good match. Uh, Penta really pushed CM Punk in, in a few different facets that, that uh, Punk has not seen from other opponents recently, but in the end, CM Punk wins. Big win for CM Punk. Uh, if he is going to go for the world title, he's got to get a couple more of these victories for it. It really looks good enough for him to do that. Jungle Express defended their tag titles against Red Dragon. Felt this should have been on a pay-per-view, but instead this was uh, this, this was really good. Jungle Express is a fan favorite, um, but looks like FTR is going to start pushing some of those boundaries here soon. Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter got into it again. I hope they meet somewhere in this Owen Hart tournament because these are not only two of my favorites, as I said last week, but these two are going to tear the house down, and it's you're going to wonder if there could ever be a better match. At least I hope that's where it's going to be because these two are fantastic, fantastic workers. I think they actually know each other. from They've, they've crossed paths, I'm pretty sure. Um, Captain Sean Dean gets a big win over MJF. With Sean Spears down there, thanks to Wardlow, who caused MJF to get counted out. 
he, he stormed down to the ring to where MJF and Spears retreated up to the top of the ramp, and he refused to move out of the way, even with security all around him, and so MJF got counted out. Captain Sean Dean, that's two big wins. So uh, congratulations to that. And we're just one step closer to MJF versus Wardlow with his contract on the line. In all honesty, I think MJF should win that. And they should have another way for him to get out of his contract. Maybe a technicality. Instead of just winning a match. Because MJF's one of your biggest heels. And I, Wardlow is building up as a face. But they're not on the same level right now. Jericho, Hager, and uh, Daniel Garcia got the win over Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Eddie Kingston loses every week, but people still love him uh, and everything he's about. And uh, that means they're doing a good job. Uh, Garcia X got the pin over Kingston. Those six are definitely not done. They, they'll eventually be some crazy... Um, Triple cage. They're going to do big street fight or something. I don't know. But it's going to be some massive uh, battle before that one's done. They're building up Marina Shamir. She beat Sky Blue. Sky Blue is a great independent worker. Good to see her on TV. It's about, about been two weeks in a row we've seen Sky Blue, which is good. But uh, Marina Shamir, they're building up as the next contender for Jade Cargill. Somebody's got to beat Jade at some point. I I don't think it should be Marina. There's some other people you could build up. I mean, it'd take a couple months, but Jamie Hayter or Tony Storm would be good candidates. Um, there's some other ones. There's even even Chris Statlander would be a pretty good one. Either way, uh, the Hook and Danhausen stuff is still hilarious. Hook, who of course is Taz's son who doesn't talk much, but is a fantastic uh, amateur wrestler and pretty good pro wrestler. And Dan Housen, who continues to try to put curses on him, and it doesn't work. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty funny. It's, uh, it's a really good battle. That at some point, it's going to come to a head. Probably not going to be a match, because uh, Hook would turn Dan Housen into a, uh, a Dan Pretzel. We got... Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and, and uh, Starks, who took on Swerve, Strickland, and Keith Lee. At some point, these matches all turn out the same. They've got to do something different with them. Uh, Hobbs is a great talent. Uh, Starks is a fantastic talent. I, I, he's like a... Ricky Starks kind of reminds me of a young Cody Rhodes a little bit. A little bit. Let's let's. I'm, I'm not. Stre- I don't want to stretch it too much, but uh, but uh, Starks is a really really good performer and uh, has a lot of potential. And then Swerve, Keith Lee, and Hobbs—they're all good talents. And Keith Lee's a really good talent, but uh, he's he come to AEW after thinking he wasn't getting a fair shake at WWE, and he's uh, having kind of the same same type uh, bookings over here. So uh, we'll we'll just see what they do with that, and then. In the matchup I was looking forward to, Samoa Joe took on Minoru Suzuki for the, uh, I think he had one of the, yeah, the Ring of Honor television title. Now, I don't know how M- Minoru Suzuki got the Ring of Honor television title. 
But somehow he had it. And uh, now Samoa Joe has it because he beat him. Uh, this was this was really good because you got Suzuki is really big on the submissions and the holds and and uh, he was really getting the best of Joe for a while. Joe gets the best of him, he wins. Not to be outdone. Here comes Sanjay Dutt, uh, Jay Lethal, and uh, the new big guy they have, uh, Raja Singh or something like that. I think he used to play basketball. They all come out to attack him, Samoa Joe, and you know. It is what it is, as far as that. Um, I'm looking more forward to Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal. Of course, we'll have to go through Sanjay Dutt and, and things like that. But uh, Lethal versus Joe, I'll watch all day long. Let's go to... AEW Rampage, which opens up with Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, and Brian Danielson, accompanied by William Regal, of course. Who took on Austin, Colton, and Billy Gunn, otherwise known as the Gunn Club. Uh, Wheeler Yuta ends up with the win over Billy Gunn. Now, here's the thing I don't like, is that Austin and Colton Gunn had had a pretty good string of wins, mostly on the AEW Dark variety, but they had had a bunch of wins as a team. They were kind of building up as a team. And then now they had uh, Regal's new group just run slap over them like, uh, like they were nobodies. So uh, I kind of have a little bit of an issue there. But it, uh, it is what it is. Um, let's see. I think the Butcher took on Wardlow. Butcher man, he's he's a he's a, he's a, seems like a good cat, cool cat for sure. He he can give somebody he's a he's a crazy matchup for a lot of people because he's a big tough physical guy, but uh, he's he's a great worker in the ring, and so uh, this uh, this led to just uh, some fantastic moments. And uh, Butcher and the Blade, they're they're one of those hidden teams that uh, you wouldn't necessarily expect to do. A lot of great things. But then you see them work, and uh, they're great workers. We had as part of the Owen qualifier, Owen tournament. I'm not sure which because it, it's starting to get confusing. Ruby Soho got a win over Robin Renegade. Even though Charlotte Renegade, who is her twin sister, made an appearance as well, they tried to do the old switcheroo, and it didn't matter. Ruby Soho dropped them both. Uh, so we'll see what Soho does. She's been missing for a, a month or so, or two months on TV and came over so much fanfare and then had some cool bookings and disappeared. I don't know if it was an injury or what. It was good to see Ruby back in the loaded women's division. And then we had Adam Page versus Adam Cole in a Texas death match for the AEW Heavyweight Championship. Basically, it was until you couldn't answer the 10 count. These two tore the ring side up, they tore each other up, they tore the house down, they tore everything they possibly could. Stomped the mud hole in each other and walked it dry, as good old JR would say. Finally, Adam Page ends up with the victory after the buckshot lariat. Uh, I, I hope that Cole and Page are not done, that we see them again, maybe in a couple more months. Uh, these, these two, it doesn't have to be for a belt. These two 
are going to be rivals for as long as they're both in the same company. Uh, AEW also had Battle of the Belts. What is Battle of the Belts? It was the name of a random one-hour show they did on Saturday. Battle of the Belts 2, rather. Sammy Guevara took on Scorpio Sky. Guevara actually wins his TNT Championship back. Now, of course, this involved uh, Ty Conti. Ethan Page, Dan Lambert, and Paige Van Zant, which we're eventually going to get Conti versus Van Zant. We know that. Uh, but Guevara versus Sky is good every time. Uh, I, I recommend if you ever see that as a, as a featured match, you should definitely check it out. Uh, Dalton Castle, for a lot of you guys, I don't know who Dalton Castle is from Ring of Honor. Dalton Castle is, uh, is uh, an exceptional, accomplished amateur wrestler. You can see that in his style. Uh, but his wrestling persona, he is he is off the charts fantastic. He took on Jonathan Gresham for the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, of course, ends up winning it. But uh, him and Dalton Castle, they, they had a very physical battle that uh, I really liked. But I've seen those two wrestle a lot. Now, of course, at the end... Uh, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Singh all come out. Samoa Joe comes out to kind of even the odds. And in the end, Gresham and Samoa Joe kind of stand next to each other holding their Ring of Honor belts. I would like to see those two wrestle as well. But uh, it looks like at some point it will be Gresham and Joe versus Lethal and Dutt. And that should be fun. And then not to be outdone, we had Nyla Rose who were two challenged for Thunder Rosa's women's title. You would look at these two and say this is going to be a matchup nightmare, and I would disagree with you wholeheartedly, 100%. Wholeheartedly. Because Thunder Rosa may be small, but she is she is wiry. She is just a fireball of energy. She really really takes that crowd momentum and, and uses her to, to her advantage. Nyla Rose is big and tough and uses her power to her advantage, but uh, she, can, uh, she can still do some things in the ring that that uh, usually bigger wrestlers are, are not very good at. She can move, for sure. But uh, Thunder Rosa ends up retaining, as she should. It'll be interesting to see who they put against Thunder Rosa for uh, her belt coming up soon. We have an event on the 30th, but uh, we'll know about that more about that next week. Let's go to Impact Wrestling, who finally decided to have some matches instead of just reviewing past Events. Uh, w. Morrissey seems like uh, he was trying to take out Brian Myers. Chelsea Green comes down to distract him, and then Matt Cardona takes him out. It is weird to see Myers and Cardona back together, but it uh, looks like uh, the Majors brothers are having a small reunion. Rebellion is this weekend. It is April 23rd. That is this weekend. Of course, as I said. Let's find the card. While we are pulling up the card, uh, Deanna Perrazzo took on Willow Nightingale for one of her title belts. I did not see which one it was. My guess is the Ring of Honor, because there's actually two Ring of Honor belts now. There's Rebellion. But uh, I also tell you that uh, Rocky Romero 
took on Jonathan Gresham. These two know each other. They have wrestled in probably 45 countries. Yeah, I'm probably exaggerating a little, not much. But uh, Rocky Romero is, is just, he's another one of those guys. That just He's going to give you a 1,000% every time. And uh, and uh, he gave Jonathan Gresham all he could handle, and then, and then Gresham was able to uh, find the victory. Alex Shelley beat Macklin. I don't know why Steve Macklin's losing to Alex Shelley. It didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Honor No More and Bullet Club are going to continue to get into it, as they have. PCO and Jonah went at it. These are just, this is like King Kong and Godzilla. And was actually a, a pretty, it was a pretty solid match. Uh, they're really trying to build up Jonah. It looks like there's going to be a Forbidden Door pay-per-view between New Japan and uh, either Impact Wrestling or AEW. It's probably AEW. But uh, that's going to be in June sometime. Here is the card for Rebellion in a three-way Impact Exhibition title match. Trey Miguel will defend against Ace Austin and Speedball Mike Bailey. My guess is that they have Speedball Mike Bailey, who has been surging up forward, surging just to the top as fast as he could. My guess is they could see, I could see him winning. The Influence, Madison Rain and Sunil Dashwood are going to defend their titles against the Inspiration, Cassie Lee and Jessica McKay. Those the Knockout World Tag Team Championships. I will say the Inspiration will probably win them back. Moose is going to defend the world title against Josh Alexander. Give me Moose. Uh, Moose makes a better champ. Give me Moose. I got your back, Moose. I may be the one person out of 100, but I, I got you. Jonathan Gresham is going to take on Eddie Edwards. That should be a pretty fun match. Uh, Gresham will probably get the better of that one. Jonah is going to take on Tomohiro Ishii. You guys have heard me say Ishii a handful of times. On this show, these two are going to beat the holy crap out of each other. The unholy crap out of each other, too. They're going to beat the little crap out of each other. It's it's going to be insane. My guess is that it's either a no contest, a double count out, or uh, Tomohiro Ishii is probably going to get the win with that one. Tasha Steeles is going to defend against Rosemary. That's the impact. Uh, knockouts world championship. Uh, she's probably going to retain because I don't know. There's just, there wasn't a lot of buildup for this. It's just randomly Rosemary challenger. There's no run in, no, no real story to it. They just needed somebody to take on Tasha Steeles. And even though I don't necessarily like her being champ, it is what it is. Uh, take Tasha Steeles in that. And by far what could steal the show and probably is my favorite card, my favorite match on the entire card. Yana Perrazzo is going to defend her AAA Reina de Reinas championship, which is the Women's AAA Mexico champ championship, against Taya Valkyrie. They know each other. They have wrestled in AAA against each other. They have probably wrestled together. These two are going to put on a wrestling clinic. If you like women's wrestling, this is it's just like wrestling in general. This Diana Perrazzo versus Taya Valkyrie could steal the entire show. And I actually hope it does. Um, in a random, we had three guys and didn't know what to do with them match. 
Chris Saban is going to take on Jay White and Steve Macklin. It is uh, just a, a, a triple threat match for the sake of having a triple threat match. You have three good talents, and uh, my guess is that Steve Macklin is probably going to win this, even though I would have picked Jay White. And then Violent by Design, Eric Young, Diener, and or Joe Doring, Doring, because it's the Freebird rule, any of those two are going to take on seven other teams that have not been announced because, hey, we're only, a, what, we're two days away from this event. Why announce the teams now? It is the eight-team elimination challenge for the tag team titles. My guess is that Violent by Design will be somewhere around the five or six team involved in it. And uh, without knowing who the other teams are, I'm going to say Violent by Design are going to lose their tag belts to somebody. Who? I don't know. Maybe the Good Brothers? I don't know. But uh, that is your Rebellion card. Let's go. I just mentioned a while ago. Let's go to New Japan. New Japan this week. It was part of the New Japan Cup quarterfinals. Okada took on Shima. Of course, Okada wins that one. But uh, Shima looked good last week in his... In his uh, his opening match, and then this week in the quarterfinals, a great showing for him. Hopefully he can build on that and have a spectacular year. And in a, it's not as big an upset as a lot of people thought because these two are, are really, both really good. Zack Sabre Jr. ends up with the slight upset over Will Ospreay. Uh, Will Ospreay is, is one of the more decorated. Uh, he's like the, uh, the current AJ Styles Overall, AJ Styles, like he did wrestling styles and things like that. Overall, everything, repertoire, all that. Will Ospreay is one of the best wrestlers on the planet, like AJ Styles is. But uh, Zack Sabre Jr. found a way to beat him. Good for him. I uh, know some of you asked me as well, when is the next Triller event? The next Triller event, I do believe is the next Triller. May 14th, I believe, is, is the last date that I heard. May 14th is going to be the next event. But uh, did I get through it? I think I got through everything. My goodness, there is uh, so much, so much stuff going on. Obviously, next week we will talk more PFL. We will talk about both Bellator events. We will talk about UFC Fight Night. We will try not to uh, try not to wait till Thursday to do a show. Try my best, guys. But that's another great edition of Strong Style. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. This one called Bang Boom Pow. Go peacefully into your evenings. Uh, go rate, review, follow. Anything you can do to help the show would be fantastic, and we appreciate you guys more than anything we will see you guys next week deuces gooses go watch fighting go watch wrestling